Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Holly Haynes, a business strategy coach for women who want to build their dream business on a part-time schedule through simple, scalable offers and systems to grow to multiple six figures without relying on the social algorithms. Oh, yes. Holly, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so, so welcome. Can you expand a bit more on, you know, where are you today of your business and uh, who is it that you'd love to work with? Yeah. So we were talking about this a little bit before we hit record. So I started my business just three years ago. So I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit different in the entrepreneur world. Uh, I actually have a 22 year corporate strategy background. So I was serving big fortune 500 companies sort of helping them, I say, untangle really complex things, right? So leading large teams, big budgets, all the things, and just sort of had this like calling that I don't know if this is what I really wanted to do with my life. And one of my favorite questions to ask is, can you keep doing what you're doing for the next 10 years? And at the time I was like, oh my gosh, no, I don't even know where I thought of that question. That's not something that you like randomly ask yourself, but I was probably Mm, listening to a podcast. If you can what? feel like this reaction of, oh my gosh, hell no, hell no, my body yeah, is screaming exactly. at me, kind of says something, right? Yeah. And so I was like, well, what do you do? At the time I had um, twins who were 18 months old and was just like, I-, I don't know. I don't know what this looks like. So long story short, I was like, you know what, let's just dabble and see you know, what we can make of this. I have a yeah. business background. I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't. So I was like, let's figure out what I can do. And so I started a podcast because my theory was, well, I'll start a community first and I'll see Mm -hmm. what, um, people start asking and if they like it and we'll just go from there. Um, so I did things a little bit backwards. I hired a coach before I had a business, started a podcast and the very first episode of the podcast came out the same day that the first case of COVID hit the United States. So here I am like all ready to launch this thing talking about productivity and like being a working mom. And I was like, how do I share this when the world is like literally shutting down? Um, But I just kept going. And what worked was I was sharing what we were doing behind the scenes, which I know is what Mm -hmm. you do on this podcast and why I love it so much is I just kept sharing, well, this is how we're homeschooling kindergartners at the time. This is how I'm building my business while I'm working full time. This is what, you know, each one of these steps look like. And I was just very open with it. And then we ended up building our sort of first course and product suite and now masterminds off of what people were asking from sharing the podcast. So that kind of 
let's call it a strategy maybe it was loosely i don't know whether it was like yeah this is the we need to share all behind the scenes that's what the starting point was or whether it kind of sort of it was more fluid and it just felt right or maybe you fell yeah. into the thought i didn't really think this would be the right strategy but it was received so yeah. so well how much did that play a role into seeing what you want to do because yeah you can do it other ways you can come with the product and the course or the service and then tr try and see who wants to buy it or ask what people want and then build around that there's lots of different ways both kind of work both have pros and cons but what was it about yeah. your strategy that allowed you to maybe get to know your audience more or see the landscape as it literally as you said changed yeah. overnight I think I didn't really know what I wanted to do quite yet. Like I knew the topics that I wanted to teach, but I didn't really yeah. know like, well, what does that look like? And so I used the podcast as a way to just, it was like a focus group. I was just gathering information and saying, mm. okay, I think this is what people want. Now I will say I did yeah. fall into the, everyone thinks they have to create a course trap um, and courses for my audience was not a great fit because if you think of who I serve, you know, it's, I would just say middle-aged moms who are working full-time, like they don't have time to, to listen to a course. So when we did that and then went back to our strategy of listening, what do they say? Do they like it? We ended up launching more sort of like group community based programs mm -hmm. where they're able to ask questions and it's not just like watch video every time. So it, it really is. I just created these like little pockets of focus groups, ask questions, and then came up with the next thing uh, that felt aligned. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of beautiful to try and work out exactly what, what the right thing is. What about you through this process? So what was it for you that you kind of maybe enjoyed or maybe you struggled with as you, again, hit this brand new area yeah. in a brand new time? And it was almost led by your audience. What was that like for you personally? Yeah. You know, I, I will say it was a definitely a season of hard, uh, because I was working full-time and full-time was like, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. Plus, mm. you know, the world was literally shutting down and everything was just different. Like everything felt different, but I feel like that is what created the opportunity because everything mm. was so different. So I was like, well, now I can work from home so I could be more efficient and I can also start this business. Um, so I feel like it was hard, but it created opportunity and it also gave me a, a creative outlet. Cause I think sometimes in the corporate space, like you don't really have the creative outlet maybe that you want, or you're sort of looking for something more. And so this gave me that creative outlet. Uh, we were talking before this, I'm a manifesting generator and I like to work like work feels good to me. Like it makes me feel like I'm productive. So I sort of mm. use that to my advantage of like, okay, well, if I could just work from, you know, six to seven in the morning before my kids were up on this business, then that's going to create something bigger later on. Mm. How much of that is a blessing and a curse? Because <laughs> of course, the, whether it's the human design, all these different sort of modalities that tell us who we are, what we're like, we learn to use that as a, as a crutch, or we can use it to our advantage now yeah. with you with I love to work so you know yourself you understand your sort of your makeup however oh my gosh how much does that bleed into you know trying to do the work-life balance trying to balance all this stuff obviously the full-time job and then work in the morning trying to fit this in oh my gosh you love it however crumbs. yeah how tough is that 
It's hard. Um, my husband will say he can tell when I'm like, I have a new idea or like I'm into something because he's like, you literally just go silent <laughs> and I will just like disappear for a little bit. And then he's like, okay, yeah. you've been in there for like three hours. You got to come back, come back to the real world. So I'm definitely aware of it. Um, and I think it's something that I have to work on because I, you know, I think the, yeah. the biggest piece of building a business is you don't want to work 24 seven. And so I was really strategic of like, okay, I only have an hour a day or I only have two hours a day. Like, how do I make this mm -hmm. work? And then the rest of the time, uh, was, you know, spent on corporate or family or whatever that looked like. Yeah. So that efficiency, what was it for you? That was like, yeah, I had to be very clever with your time to be able to do the things that actually move the needle because, oh my gosh, we can waste so much time doing yeah. just dumb shit or faux action or all these things that you look like you're being busy or the passion takes over. There's all these things that you want to do, but actually, again, aren't going to move the needle. How was it for balancing that? And where did you lovingly, where did you, where did you mess up? You were like, oh, yeah. fucked up there. Let's use that as some good information. What, what was that like? Well, I think there's two things. I think the first thing is, is my girls are really young. And so whenever they would see me like on my phone or on my laptop, like I would feel the room just change. Cause they're like, Oh, mom's working again. Or like, so I could uh -huh. see it in their eyes. Yeah. And I personally, for me, I didn't want to like them to resent like me just being busy yeah. all the time. So, I mean, that's what I feel like drove me to think like, okay, I have to do this differently and figure out a way where I can be productive without being glued to my computer. Yeah. Um, where did I mess up? I mean, there were probably some Saturday mornings at the beginning where I would get up at like four in the morning and I would work from like four to eight before everybody was up, uh, which on paper looks amazing. <laughs> but then it's like, well, you're tired, right? Like you're, you work yeah. all week and then, you know, you're trying to launch a podcast or whatever the thing is. And there's periods of time where you need more than like 20 or 30 minutes of work. And so that's mm. where I would fit it in. Um, and I always say that like you do what you need to do, but that's like a period that I don't really want to repeat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean that, that point there, and I want to stress this because the, all these overnight successes, damn it, it takes years. And yeah. that's the truth. Everyone's selling all these, you know, you can do this so quickly. It is possible. But there is also a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes that we don't see. So if you just got to kind of find those pockets of time, it, yeah. sometimes it is needed. The hustle, there is a place for it, absolutely. But it's what's sustainable for you. And you couldn't continue to pick up that pace. It was actually against your, your very values of your business. But... Mm -hmm it was still required to start with. So how did you, the generator that you are, like, okay, I need to pull away and start doing things in a different way? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it, we're, we all have seasons, right? So I would have a season of, okay, like here's, here's the things that I have to work on and here's the thing, here's when I'm going to do it. And I would follow it for a while. And then I would have a season of, okay, I really want to get this out the door like right now. And I would go into a season of, you know, a 4 a.m. work session. Mm. But I sort of knew on the other side, like, hey, you can't do this every Saturday. So let's go back to the season of let's keep it a little more low key for a little while mm -hmm. and then go back into a season of, okay, I'm going to push 
for, you know, a week or two and then come back. To me, it kind of goes back to the question I said at the beginning of like, can you do what you're doing for the next 10 years? And, you know, a a. 4am work session is not something that you could keep doing. So it's like, if it's a short-term burst or, you know, a a sprint or something, then that's okay. Mm. But it can't be, I had to remind myself that I can't do this all the time. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And, and that kind of roller coaster is beautiful. You can't continue to do this work. Okay. So you brought your own business. Great. Let's go for it. And that's like, oh my gosh, I can't continue to do this for the next 10 years. Yeah. And then I'm sure there was another one where you took the next step and, oh, I can't sustain this. There's always those, again, saying seasons. I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful way of putting it because every season ends, it has to change. Yeah. So what, Let's keep going with this. What was the next one? What was the next thing for you that was like, okay, you had the full-time work. You don't want to continue that. There was this 4 a.m. starts. I can't continue that. What was the next one that you were like, I've reached this promised land. No, wait, I don't want to do this for the next 10 years. Yeah, I think it was launching our course. So the course was the first thing we launched. It was probably five months in. And I thought, well, everyone launches a course. So I'll launch a course. And I think the topics were what my audience wanted, but I don't think the way they consumed it really matched up. Um, Mm. and I also really love like talking to people and interacting and, and teaching live. Like, so I was like, this is not a good match. I mean, it did okay, but it wasn't like, I was like, this is not the thing that, you know, is going to get us to like six and seven figures. It just wasn't there. Mm. Um, so I sort of learned from that and then we pivoted and sort of went the opposite direction and said, let's create like a high ticket mastermind first. So I went from like a $97 course to Mm -hmm. let's just flip the whole model because I, like I have the experience, but I need to communicate that better. And I need to, I want to work with people who are ready for that level because that's what I'd been doing all of these years. Um, but it took me, you know, that step to figure that out. Yeah, crumbs. Now there's a journey trying to work out what, what is my offer? Is yeah. it low ticket? Is it high ticket? Do they how do they work together? Who is your avatar? Where are they? Because they're two different buyers. So what mm-hmm. was it like for you as you sort of navigated through? Yeah, I'm I'm getting there, but that's the wrong person, or they're not quite at the right phase, or oh my gosh, they, they need to be there. That's the people I want to work with. What was it like for you as you sort of navigated who you wanted to work with? I mean, I think it's scary at the first time you ever like put a high ticket offer out there. Cause you're like, wait, are people actually going to pay this? Is this actually a thing? Especially coming from the corporate world, because mo- like, I mean, I joke today that like when I left my corporate job, most of my, my employees and colleagues didn't even know I had a business. And we're in mm. this like bubble that we forget that we're in. So I think, you know, it's always nervous putting something out there. That's not like Um, but also I feel like learning that you can deliver at that level. I mean, Mm -hmm. I knew that I could because I was working with, you know, high level executives, but it's different when it's your company and your brand. So I think building that confidence, um, to do that. Mm. That element there, it's it's your brand. It's, it's your baby. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. There is so much that goes into that. So how, how is it like for you as you were kind of you you were finding that confidence but I guess again we were joking offline about our oh, crumbs what's it like when we first start there's the sort of people pleasing coming in the wanting to yeah. over deliver undercharging not knowing our worth a little bit of perfectionism all these things as 
almost the the shield because the confidence isn't quite there just yet because you're continuing to, to level up and change mm-hmm. so what was that like for you as you kind of had that sort of fake confidence or the armor up to get you to a place that you that you did feel in confidence in alignment happy with what you're building yeah i mean i think you have to step into the role that you want to be before you're ready to do it which is hard right like you have to like say okay this is the person that i want to yeah. become who's able to do this and you have to do it before you're ready mm. um So I think, you know, it is nerve wracking a little bit, but then also I think we forget like how much life experience we all have. And then I always, I always tell the story of like, if I, so I have twin girls and I would so much rather ask another mom with twin girls that are the same age with the same experiences, how to do something than I would like read a book or watch a video, which kind of goes back to like I trusted my gut that this was the right way to teach for my community. And it's for that same reason. I would so Mm. much rather ask like a coach or a mentor, Hey, can you just tell me how you did this? Because you can get there so much faster and it's relatable to like who you are and your life experiences. So I had to just like continually remind myself that there's somebody out there who was probably thinking the same thing that are like, Oh, well, Holly did this and she was working full time and she has, you know, young kids. So I'm going to ask her those questions. And so I just Mm. tried my best to answer the questions that I thought would be helpful as people navigated similar experiences. Yeah. And there is so much to that because there is, you know, the, the way you've gone from corporate to being a business owner, there is you being, being a mom going through this and wearing all, all the hats. There are so many different aspects to, to you as a person. So there's all different aspects on where we all need help and guidance. What's actually going to help us move the needle? And sometimes I think it's hard to look at what is it? Is it business coaching? Is it the funnels? Is it the offer creation? Right. Is it the technology? How to fulfill it? Oh my gosh, there are so many different aspects. What was it like for you as you kind of went through that, um, maybe more recently of working out, okay, where do I need to improve? Where do I need to help? What do I need to really work on? Because this, the squirrel syndrome, the, the pivoting. and It is squirrel shot, syndrome. It, I feel like it always is. There's always squirrel syndrome. I call it shiny object syndrome, but there's always, you're like, oh, she's teaching this. I should teach this. Or, yeah. oh, this funnel is amazing. I need to build this. Um, I think there's two things that sort of one, I always write everything down. So if I have an idea or I see something that someone else is doing that I really like, or think that I, you know, could potentially do later, I have this like big idea document that I just like dump everything in. Uh Um, but then I like consistently remind myself that, I mean, most of us started a business not to work 24 seven. So it's like, you know, what's the, I was just telling my clients this morning, like, what's the one thing that you're going to do this week to move the needle forward? Like sometimes it's just taking one step at a time consistently, Mm. as opposed to, well, I have these 17 things to do. I need to do them all like pick the one that's going to, you think help you get to the next step. Right. And then it's like, pick the next thing that helps you get to the next step. And it sounds really simple, but I feel like you know, we as human beings tend to overcomplicate things. And so for me, it was just, you know, waking up and being like, okay, today's a crazy day. What's one thing that I can do today to like really make sure Look, we get to As an entrepreneur, thing? it's always a crazy day. Yeah. Like, I, I what's love that you one thing? 
Yeah. So we have a superpower, an absolute superpower to just overcomplicate everything. Beautifully put. So let's look at the sort of the fuel, if we will, with the business owner. So let's let's compare these sort of two environments. When you first started, what was what was the fuel of desire? Which like, I want this. What was the yeah. one thing that was like that's pulling me towards this goal? And at the same time, what was the fear that was kind of pushing you? So there's two fuels. Can you name yeah. it? Can you remember what they were for you? I, so I talk about my my uh, initial goal all the time. I call it the bus stop dream. And I always say for me personally, and I think for a lot of people, it's more than a number. So if you say like, oh, I want to make six figures, it's like, okay, well, what, like, what does that really mean? And that's not very motivating. At least it's not for me. What was motivating is... So we're in the middle of a pandemic and I was like, well, I want to be the mom that is able to like put their kids on the bus and get them off the bus. Cause when you work a corporate job, like it's impossible. Like there's no way mm -hmm. that I could do that. So I was like, how do I figure out a way that I could do both? I could put the girls on the bus and get them off. So I would literally think about that every morning of like, well, okay, what's one thing that I can do? And sometimes it was business. Sometimes it's like, oh, well, what if I had a different job and it was three days a week that would give me more time to work my business. So it was just like always thinking about sort of what that looked like. Um, yeah. I think the fear for me was, is uh, like, you know, I'd been working for a really long time and I was like, how in the world am I going to build a business, you know, at 40. So I was 42, 42 years old where I'm going to replace a 20 year corporate salary. Like that does it in my head, it made zero mm. sense. Like, how is yeah. that even possible? So that kind of little bit of worry, a little bit of imposter, a little bit of, I don't know. It's, it's just the dream's too big or yeah. I'm just too small, or is this even possible? So right. that's a beautiful sort of those two things going at once. Oh my God, that there is a soup for, carnage and and burnouts <laughs> right. and just disillusion i think that that's, yeah. that's a key phrase it's so hard to sort of navigate that if you think as we go down the river disillusion they're the crocodiles that kind of like mm -hmm. sort of swim alongside of oh my gosh so as you've sort of you had that obviously now you're building and you're growing and you have multiple offers tweaking and changing what is it now so as you've got to the phase that you are now and bringing in more people refining what it is you do how you help people what is the new bus stop? What is the new goal you're looking for? And also, what is the fear that's like, ah, oh, shit, now this fear has come out and I didn't have this before. And so you're trying yeah. to sort of wonder how to use that as fuel. Yeah, well, I think there's two things. I mean, I think the first thing is more visionary and like I have this quote on my board and it's like, if the, the dream only includes you, it's not big enough. So I think you like when you first get started, the dream is yeah. you, right? Which makes yeah. sense. And so now it's like, okay, well, how do I bring in more people? So like I, I'm bringing in a team and I'm helping grow their businesses because they're helping me. Or how am I bringing in more clients? Maybe mm. in the same way, maybe in a different way. So like, what does that look like? Um, I think that part is a little nerve wracking. I mean, we do obviously have income goals, but for me, it's more about people and impact. That's what motivates me, not necessarily the income goal. I mean, I have them. Um, but when I think about like, okay, you know, can we bring a new peer person onto our team or can we outsource this and can we do it consistently? And that yeah. opens up more time for me to do something new. Like, what does that look like? Mm. And there it is. You're, you're the visionary that needs to move away. So you mm -hmm. know that, that, that 
what do you want? What's stopping you? How do you overcome that? It's we can break this down so simply. You're yeah. a visionary. You have all the ideas. You know what you want to be doing and how to improve things. However, being so stuck in the moment, you know you need the team. Expand the team. What's lovingly? What's what's stopping you? I know yeah, you're working through this team now. So we've built the team. I think we're really working on refining the roles. Uh -huh. and making sure that everyone is sort of in their like it's a very corporate term but like zone of genius like everyone is doing what they like to do so that yeah. it's working for them and it's working for us so we're sort of i think we're in this like refinement period where i'm mm. trying to step out of the weeds more so it's yes. like hey if i have an idea the idea just like magically comes to life inside the team like we're not there yet but mm. that's my vision that's what nice. i want to happen so quick sort of rapid fire here with, with that, where you are, best hire that you made. Um, so it was the very first person I hired. She's still with me today and she started doing content repurposing and it took our mm. visibility from like zero to a hundred, like 10 times faster than I could do myself. Yeah. Biggest mistake with hiring. That's a great question. I think not communicating goals clear enough. Ooh, so okay. yeah. I think that I've hired the right people, but sometimes I don't communicate when I want things done clear enough. So yeah. that's something we fixed recently where there's, we have a system and deadlines and everyone's on the same page, but it took us a minute yeah. to get there. Nice. So not the actual sort of people or the drama. There are so many different sort of pit holes and dramas and all these things that can come into play, but it was really systems, mm -hmm. processes, communication. Mm -hmm. And so your first best hire was being able to let go and allow someone else to get that visibility. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you're in exactly the same place right now with, oh, crumbs, it's a different situation. It's a different yeah. place, but it's the same problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it is interesting. It's just like a big cycle. Nice. So what excites you most about the next step? What what is it that you're you're you can't all wait for? Um, you know, I think I'm excited to sort of like really step into that visionary role. I really love it. Yeah. Um, but it does make me nervous because we were talking about your human design, like, and I'm a worker and my background is like strategic project management. So I'm yeah. a great integrator. Like you give me a task and I can like break it up and make it work. Um, like mm. in my sleep, it's really easy for me. So I think figuring out, um, like building trust with somebody that I can like, let that go to, uh, and yeah. figuring out what that looks like. Oh my gosh. That's going to be so much fun as you navigate and explore through that. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see people start to let go. And finally it's like, I'm, it's like your own stabilizers. No, as you call them in America, <laughs> training wheels. Yeah. It's it's that kind of thing where it's like, I know it works. I don't need to do it, but it's just scary. It is just tough. We can wrap it up and say we're okay with it. But deep down, there is that, especially if it's so deep in your in who you are, in your skill sets, mm. or so deep in this has got me to the situation I'm today. This has got me to this place. It's tough, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I think it's tough for me too, because it's what I'm good at. Yeah. Um, and it's what I did for so long. So it's just, you know, it's just different. It's figuring yeah. out the different approach.
Fantastic. Look, Holly, thank you so much for sharing your know, behind the yeah. scenes of you know, what it is you do, how you got there, but also the fun and games as you know, the, the human being behind the business. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Look, if you want to find out more about, about you and the work that you do, where can they find you? Yeah, so the best place is just my website, hollymariehaines.com. Uh, we actually just redid it. I've outsourced it to an expert. Um, and you can sort of choose your path of where you're at in business, beginner, intermediate, advanced, and we have lots of resources to help you. Fantastic. Well, everyone, if you're curious or like, hell yeah, go check it out. But Holly, thanks again for, for being here and sharing so much today. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.